Welcome. It is the Boiler Basketball Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, I am Jared Jesselitis. That is Jeff Julik over there. We're going to spend the entire hour talking Boilermaker Hoops, the Big Ten. Yes, uh, you did not dream it. If you stayed up late, that was another Purdue win. A double-digit road win, Jeff. Very hard to come by, uh, especially against a team like uh, Iowa, who... Well, they uh, they definitely made you think about it there for a minute, didn't they? You had that nice big halftime lead. The refs came out, must have live bet the game. So, boy, it'd be a, sh- be a real shame there if it got a little too close. Those now, ghost fouls it? that uh, keep appearing? Those, uh, look, I think th- that officiating in the second half coming out, I mean, the, the ticky-tack fouls, I think we got. I mean, it felt like one point that maybe Trey had just hurt somebody's feelings and they got called for something. I, I don't know. I mean, it just... You watch the replay and you're saying to yourself, are we watching the same game here? Because that just doesn't seem right. But Purdue seemed to have an answer every time they needed to have an answer and from some unlikely places as well. Boy, they sure did. You know, they got that uh, game down to five and then all of a sudden, you know, you get the big three-pointer from Jaden Ivey and then you follow that up with uh, Ethan Morton draining a, a very crucial three-pointer, and then you have Isaiah Thompson. He was hitting a couple crucial three-pointers was, too. Let's, let's go, IT. Let's go, baby. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, he drills four three-pointers last night and uh, just an outstanding performance by Isaiah. And, you know, and it was it was, uh, it was as if the Boilers were toiling, toying with uh, the Hawkeyes. They would uh, uh, let them get it down to five, and then all of a sudden they'd take it back up to eight, and then you know, ultimately got it up there to uh, 13, and it finished up with that 10-point margin. A tremendous effort last night in, in Carver-Hawkeye where, you know, Purdue was a two-point favorite in that one, but... Still, you knew what you're going to get. A high-scoring game it was going to come down to, you know, who can be the most consistent on offense and and who can string together some stops on defense. And I, I think you could tell. Maybe about, I think Brian Newber brought it up too. Like around five minutes left, Iowa just looked gas. They were done. That they had been working trap a lot, so that was putting a little extra uh, on them there too. And uh, you could just tell, especially the first half. I mean, how many times that same shot that Travion at Assembly Hall left short at the end of the game. How many times did he hit that shot last night? I mean, that was the biggest correction I thought in the second half for Iowa was uh, Fran telling him, do not let him go into the middle of the paint. You get him off to the side of the hoop or he can't hit that little uh, hook shot because he's absolutely killing you with it. And Zach was doing the exact same thing. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And they got off to the great start. You know, Zach hits the first two baskets, gets it started, and the three uh, three points start falling from Purdue. Sasha got it going. But, yeah, in the second half, Iowa goes small against Purdue and tried that tactic. And, and for a couple well, minutes. Well, like, Iowa went small against Purdue? The it, announcers never mentioned that. You thought yeah. that was something they would have picked up on. <laughs> And then, if you notice, Purdue went small for about a minute, minute and a half. They took uh, they took uh, both centers out and and had Mason Gillis at the uh, five. So, you know, great job of coaching there by Matt. And and you know, they handled the press so well. I mean, they really made Iowa pay. And you know, that hurt Purdue big time in Mackey. And you know, they're breaking the press, and they're either getting layups or getting fouled, or they're hitting the wide open three. And and you love to see that when Purdue attacks that press. And and you're right, the. I think that pressing all night long really took the legs out from under the Hawkeyes. I tell you what, I could not believe the level of disrespect that Patrick McCaffrey got all night long from the officials or from the the um, uh, commentators and from Purdue, who just pointed out Purdue's going small, so they're going to go up with the center on Patrick McCaffrey because he's not a threat to shoot the ball. The, I mean, they brought it up several times. I almost felt bad 
from Patrick McCaffrey after this. He's like, yeah, no, go ahead. Shoot the three. You, and I tell you uh, what, I've got a couple Iowa fans, and they would totally agree with that assessment. They do not like McCaffrey. I mean, poor kid, man. Poor kid. That's just the level of disrespect was something. But, uh, again, you know, Purdue goes in there. You're worried about Keegan Murray. You hold him to 14. Um, I thought this was supposed to be a really big game for Mason Gillis. And he goes out. He gets two fouls early. He has the one where he gets the rebound, then turns the ball over, then commits the foul. And I'm sitting there going to myself, this is the worst omen right now because you thought that was a guy you were going to put on Murray and uh, was going to have to come up big time for you. And he goes and he gets the bench 11 minutes. Caleb first comes in, though. I thought did a pretty darn admirable job in uh, what is four rebounds, couple assists, um, only four points, but... Uh, you thought like you got a pretty solid game out of the freshman. And, you know, he is he's just a garbage man right now. I mean, he just collects balls and puts it back <laughs> he's in. A and, garbage man. And I like no that. No disrespect to garbage men exactly. or anything. Exactly. And and you know, we had a great garbage man a few years ago in Eifert. So, you know, that that's very important. You know, Caleb first is going to be so good. I mean, there is no doubt that. And there he's doing what he needs to do right now, but next year they're gonna ask a lot more out of him. And I tell you, the future is so bright for that young man because he is such a good player. And and then, you know, we put Morton at the four, and he did a nice job too. So, you know, they've got a lot of options, so many weapons that beat you with the scoring. And, you know, and, and last night I thought they played pretty good defense. Uh, it was one of the better all-around efforts for Purdue, both from the offense and defensive side, to uh, go out of to get out of Carter-Hawkeye-Wiener with, with a 10-point win. I'll tell you who I think um... – you look at the stat sheet and you watch the game and you know what he did offensively, but I think you got to give it up a little bit for Sasha on defense last night. I, I mean, a lot of hustle there, very committed to the blockouts and getting the boards. He pulled down five of them last night, uh, had four assists as well. He is really starting to take his game uh, up a notch here down the stretch, which is something Purdue desperately needs. Yeah, what about that play where he's on the ground? He, uh, he, he got the a ball. steal on his back. Yeah, he gets a steal <laughs> on the back, gets it tipped up to Zach, and Zach gets the outlet pass. I mean, you know, he has played so well, and, you know, everybody talks about how great a shooter he is, and he obviously is, but, boy, he brings so much to the team. And that's why he's playing as many minutes as he is, because of the fact he brings so much to this Purdue basketball team. Yeah, and they need a guy with his experience uh, in that spot. Four and nine last night, uh, five of ten from field goal range, and uh, yeah, just like I said, five uh, five defensive rebounds there, four assists, that steal from his back, uh, a, a couple of turnovers there. You know, Purdue fifteen. If you're looking for a blemish on the record last night, that's what it is. It's a fifteen turnovers. Uh, some of them were pretty frustrating. Some you got to give a little bit of credit there to uh, Iowa, but and some of them were offensive fouls, which were very questionable offensive fouls. So yeah. You yeah, um, but hey, that is what it is. You can continue to that's that's a fixable problem, though. Though Jeff, yeah, uh, I think though if you are a Purdue fan, you're a happy with the win. B, you're happy that you came out with a game plan to beat that uh, that trap that they were running. You might have been a little bit frustrated that it seemed like they were taking their time getting the ball in at times, but for the most part, they beat that trap. I think it was like a once or twice where you kind of found yourself in a bad position on it when you had the ten second violation, which. I thought they called over and back, and I'm screaming at my screen. I'm like, that's not over and back. Everything has to come over the line, including the ball, and it has not yet, but uh, they end up calling the uh, 10 seconds. But, yeah, you get some unlikely heroes in uh, Isaiah Thompson with 18 points. When I say unlikely, it's not that I don't think they're good players or anything like that. It's just you're not usually asking Isaiah Thompson to go out there and score 18 points, Uh, but he did do that for you, and 
Like I said, the threes from four or six from three, uh, some of them that he knocked down were just uh, stopped a bunch of Iowa momentum, especially in the second half. And, Jared, let me answer this question. Go ahead. Um, you know, is the is the Jaden Ivey injury uh, a blessing in disguise? Because it seems as if uh, both Thompson and Hunter picked up their game against Northwestern and had a fantastic game, and that seemed to carry over to this Iowa game. I mean, you know, you know. They, Can I phone they... a friend for this one? Because I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough one. Do I think it's a uh, a blessing? To... Look, I, I don't think any time your star player gets hurt, it's a exactly, blessing. Exactly. But I get what you're saying here. You, you've given these guys a little bit of minutes. You've asked them to shoulder some of the load, and then they've been able to do that for you, which is again something that you're going to need. Uh, come here in February when you're going to play three games in five days. You're going to need that depth, uh, not just off the you know coming off the bench and stuff, but you know picking up some of the scoring slack yes, at times you, here Big too. Ted. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely going to have to do that. Look, you knew we were going to get screwed on this. I, I screamed oh, it from yeah, the heavens. Absolutely. Now, could it have been a whole lot worse? Absolutely. It at been least worse. Michigan's got to play on the eighth as well. At least they're going to come off a one day arrest. On top of that, that is the good news, and they still got another game that they, you know, they got like a Michigan State game they have to, yes, to do. And I would think uh, because after that uh, Purdue game, I believe they've got one more on that Saturday, and then they've got like uh, four or five days off. They got to get that Michigan State game in there. I would be upset if they get some five days of rest and we lost our five day of rest window for you know the next uh, three weeks would be a little bit brutal. But all things considered, I, I don't think we got. As screwed over on that as I thought we could. It could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. It's a great opportunity. I mean, if you uh, beat Michigan twice in a week in Illinois, I mean, uh, you're going to be in great position uh, to go down the stretch and and win this Big Ten championship. Yeah, with the depth there coming in, you know, if you can make Michigan pay for it twice with your depth, then yeah, but still, I'm not a big fan of playing three games in five days. Uh, It is what it is. I understand we can only, there's only so many places we can move it to. I would be interested to ask Matt Painter if he'd rather play the three games in five days uh, or if uh, he would rather go ahead and break up a, a later like five-day rest period type deal and, and, and do that. I, I don't know what he values a little bit more. That'd but... be a great question. He'd probably take the five days of practice knowing him because he loves to uh... – he loves to get uh, this team ready, and whenever he has time to do that, they seem to play really, So he would really be well. happy then with uh, what they had here because yeah, yeah, you so. have another thing of rest here right before the uh, right towards the end of February where you got another like four or five days off type deal yeah. where you get some extended rest and you're not like you know one on, two off, one on, two off here. So And, and you brought up a great point. They're really deep. I mean, they go 10 deep, and, and that can pay dividends as opposed to some of these teams that, that play their starters 35, 38 minutes. So, yeah, I think that's going to benefit <coughs> Purdue, but uh, – you know, we all knew this COVID situation with uh, Michigan was probably going to be uh, an inconvenience for teams, and we're starting to see that. Yeah, well, at least we got all the Nebraska stuff out of the way. We don't have to worry about missing those games, too, and stuff. The other thing, though, you got to look what they did to Illinois. They moved the one Illinois game. Who's to say that they don't move another one of these Purdue games at one point to try to sneak something in? I don't know. I well, think it's possible, well, but I, I would hope they would not to try to inconvenience. Cause you know, people had hotel rooms booked for that Illinois game on the 8th, and now that on the 10th, and now it's the 8th, and... You know, and so they, it's an inconvenience to the fans and to the teams. And, uh, and we all wonder, did Michigan have seven uh, scholarship players and a, one coach? Available? I love how we are all so. quite like everybody I literally talked to questions whether or not they were really good to go or whether this was just a stalling tactic. They're like, man, I don't want to play that three game sign. stretch. Not a good <laughs> sign for your program. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com. He is coming up next. Stick around. More Boiler Basketball Show on the way on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. 
Boiler Basketball Show rolls on. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Hammerhead Hotline, we're going to go, Jeff, and uh, we're going to bring in the uh, publisher of goldandblack.com, which is a tremendous website for any Purdue fan. I'm a subscriber. I absolutely love it. Uh, the whole crew over there uh, does such a tremendous job covering Purdue sports in a way that nobody else does. Alan Karpik is on with us. Alan, how you doing, bud? Well, I'm doing fine. If you're a Purdue fan uh, uh, or even an observer, it always makes it a little bit better when uh, the Boilermakers uh, pull out a road victory and as it did last night or as they did last night to uh, a lot of fun and interesting times ahead for Purdue. Yeah, it's uh, it's also nice too when you got to stay up until uh, about you know what, like eleven fifteen, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have your heart broken. Well, no, 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 no. And then you got to follow Brian's coverage post game. You know, I didn't get to bed at like one o'clock because I can't go to sleep without hearing what Brian has to hey, say. Hey, I already so. juice. I already juice the golden black. That you don't have to keep <laughs> it's doing. It's a fact. I'm pay. telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. No, uh, Al. They go out there to uh, Carver Hawkeye and. Uh, I made you guess for you. I mean, made you a little second guess what you were watching there in the middle of the uh, second when they run that 18 point lead down to uh, uh, about four. But uh, Purdue had some answers. They pull back away again, and it's a, a double digit road win. Those aren't easy to come by in this league, my friend. No, that's life on the road in the Big Ten. I mean, uh, it, it is. And you knew, well, you didn't know for sure that Iowa was going to make a run because Purdue has the ability to just take somebody and just dismantle them and they've been doing that you know you've seen a couple of games this year where Purdue's uh, had the opportunity to get ahead like this and, and I think that that's a that is a uh, a telltale thing it's not a bad sign for Purdue that the Boilermakers didn't didn't you know let Iowa back in the game Iowa played its way back in the game yes Purdue missed some free throws that was a not a good thing and something that needs to be corrected but um, you know, again, it's just a huge road win for Purdue and really puts the Boilermakers in position, uh, I think, to make a run for the Big Ten championship. And, Alan, I asked uh, Jared this earlier in the show, as well as Eric and Isaiah are playing right now, is it possible that that injury to, to Jaden was a blessing in disguise because they really were sort of in that Northwestern game and it seemed to carry over to that Iowa game last night. So, you know, did, did, you know sometimes you stand around when you have a superstar like Jaden but, you know, with him being out, and, and he had limited minutes last night as well, um, you know, Isaiah was fantastic last night. Well, and I, I actually noticed that a little bit in Eric Hunter, too. Now, obviously, Isaiah Thomas had a Thompson played like Isaiah Thompson, Thomas last <laughs> night. But uh, uh, both the Washington Isaiah Thomas and the, uh, and the uh, Indiana uh, Detroit Pistons uh, Isaiah Thomas. But, uh, no, he was terrific. But I really did believe that uh, – I thought I saw something in Hunter in the first half where he made the way the made the move to the basket after he'd made a three also where he just kind of, he had that smile on his face, just kind of playing free flowing basketball. You know, Hunter, as we all know, is a prolific scorer, an all time leading scorer in, in the, in the, in the state of Indiana or in Indianapolis. I don't yeah, know. Marion County. Yeah. yeah. Marion County, not the yeah. state of Indiana. But my point is, is that uh, this is a guy that uh, just got done to got, looked comfortable, looked like he uh, was doing uh, just playing basketball. And it's not easy for an Eric Hunter because when you have a Jaden Ivey, who's a terrific player uh, that can, can do so much offensively, you know, Eric Hunter's role is different than he probably imagined it being when he came to Purdue. So my point is uh, Isaiah Thompson and Eric Hunter are, are really uh, key factors. It's a common refrain that oh, Purdue's only as good as its point guards. I really don't see it that way. I think those guys just have to be 
be efficient and perform their role uh, and be able to do that well, take care of the basketball. And when they get an opportunity, uh, like they did last night, they got to make shots. Uh, you can't expect anybody to make them the way that they did last night, but they have to make enough of them. And, and by and large, those guys have done that throughout their careers as well. And Brian brought up a great point. Eric Hunter is 8 out of 14 in from threes in a Big Ten play, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he, he is, you know, again, he's maligned because it's an easy, if you don't watch the game, and I'm not – uh, saying it's uh, that people, it's just an easy out. Well, produced point guards on uh, a national discussion, you're not good enough to win at all. Well, I, I just don't think that's true. I, I think you have guys that can perform uh, the role. It's just a question of how they play and how the Boilermakers play as a team and what dynamic that they bring to a particular game. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Purdue has what it has. But I think it's got enough out of those two guys to be at a national, national elite level. Talk with Alan Karpik from GoldenBlack.com on our Hammerhead Hotline. Al, let me hit you with this one here. Jaden Ivey last night, good enough to play, not good enough to start. Uh, I think some fans were maybe a little bit worried or confused or don't really understand the logic behind him not starting but then playing 22 minutes uh, what? Why does Matt Painter do that? Well, I, I think it's it's pretty much a rule of it's message sending, and not and not that he's being critical of of Jaden either. I think guys who don't practice don't start, and he didn't practice a lot this week. He did practice enough to be able to say a day before the game that he thought he'd be comfortable to play. But I, I just think that's kind of the way that uh, that Matt Painter historically has run his program, and. And, and you guys know it's not it, it's the old adage it's not uh, uh, who starts the who's finish and Jaden Ivey was never if he was going to play now, it did concern me a little bit that that something had happened uh, the, the dynamic that would cause him to be really limited but we saw when he got out there that he was uh, not the least bit limited and was really terrific. And Alan, you brought up a point that you think the uh, Boilermakers are now in a position to uh, make a run at that Big Ten title. How much impact do you think that uh, rescheduling of the Michigan game will have on that when they have that uh, three games uh, stretched there over a period of what eight days? Well, if Purdue's playing great, it'll be perfect for them. I mean, you know, it it is an interesting, and you knew that was going to happen somewhere. I thought it was either going to happen that week, they, and they had to schedule as soon as possible because of the potential. Hopefully, it doesn't happen, but uh, the potential of other games uh, being canceled down the road because Purdue had a window a little bit there last week of February as well. Uh, the point is, is that, it, again, you'll find out. if you, you know, championship teams have to do championship-like things. And if Purdue can run the gauntlet from Ohio State to Minnesota to Michigan at home to Illinois at home and, and back to Michigan uh, and, and win all those games, it, it deserves to win the Big Ten championship and, and probably will if the Boilermakers do that even though that schedule really gets interesting at the end of the year, obviously when Purdue goes to Michigan State and Wisconsin. I guess the long-winded way of saying Purdue will have its opportunity to play its way to the Big Ten title. It's not going to really need any help when it gets down to brass, brass tacks. I think if Purdue takes care of business, it can win the Big Ten championship. Yeah, Al, you bring up a really good point about that uh, schedule. I've been saying this week that I, I kind of was shading more towards Wisconsin to be able to win this thing because you look at – what they have left on the schedule with a couple of trips to like they have like the two Nebraska games, two Minnesota games left, two Rutgers games left, and you look at that and you say it seems pretty easy. But the thing that Purdue does have for them is everybody that's between them and the top, they still have at least one game with going forward. And you gotta 
you know, you got to dish out some losses to those teams. you got to collect some wins, and when you play them, you have the opportunity to do both. That is the one thing that Purdue does have. They do have a chance to uh, take, uh, take a win against uh, all those teams that stand between them and the top. Yeah, I think the last, you know, last time I, I noticed when they talk about the word champion, uh, you got to beat teams to do it. And uh, yeah, Purdue missed an opportunity uh, to beat Wisconsin, and that may end up costing them. Who knows? Uh, but uh, you know, and again, I, I you know I think this team has to you know stay focused, which it's been. Uh, it will not be an easy game Sunday against Ohio State. Ohio State to, is uh, got to you know got a team that uh, can cause some problems for and they're they're stinging from what Purdue did to it last year, um, and I think it uh, you know you just have to have your head screwed on. Plus a noon start on Sunday, you know, I'm I know Mackey Arena will be rocking for a noon on Sunday. But my point is is that you got to be dialed in every game, and uh, th- that includes going to Minnesota on down the line. You just every game I mentioned, uh, there's just no guarantee that the league is too good. There are too many good teams and. Uh, Purdue just has to keep its head screwed on and, and uh, play its best. And part of playing your best is making free throws, and that's an area that uh, Matt Painter and company uh, knows they have to get figured out. And that's exactly where I was going to head. You know, that, that was the uh, glaring weakness last night was free throws. We saw that last week as well. I mean, how concerned are you about this free throw shooting with this team? Well, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, statistically, it's, uh, it's, it, it, they've been fine. They've been very good up till the take out the two games uh, uh, against Indiana and Iowa on Thursday. Maybe it's a Thursday night basketball. I don't know, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it always is concerning because, because you got to you have to make free throws at the, at the right time. I mean, we're talking big 10 tournament, NCAA tournament time or close games, which you're going to play in by, by almost uh, by definition. So, they have good free throw shooters. So I don't think, you know, outside of uh, Edie, who did make what both of his yesterday, right, and uh, and Williams, who didn't, uh, you know, they've got guys that can make free throws. So I, I don't think long term it's going to be a problem. It's just a matter, as Matt Painter said post game last night, it's focus. It's the ability to do that on a consistent basis and, and just make the dang things. And uh, it sounds like a Gene Cady quote, but uh, it is something to just make them. And uh, that's what they need to do. And uh, they'll do it, I think. Uh, but it does when you have games like that, and you do against uh, did against Indiana a week ago. Uh, you do have that little bit of question as you step up the line in a close game. You got to keep those negative thoughts out of your head. See, this is a lot of self-talk, guys. This is like my golf game. I got to, you know, you got to <laughs> stay focused. You got to, you got to take put all negative negative uh, thoughts out of your head and. Uh, that's what Purdue will have to do when it gets to crunch time in other closer games. Na, 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 na. That's Alan <laughs> yeah. Harpick right there. Actually, I'm a, I'm a disc golfer. As Jeff Paintley knows much more than a regular ball golfer these days, but that's the best topic for another show. Absolutely. You're, uh, you, there's a, there's a tall guy down there on the country station. He'll talk to you about that all exactly. day if you want to right there. Yeah, right up Seamus' alley. <laughs> Alan Carpick of goldenblack.com with us. Again, it's been a huge week for Purdue basketball. Wins over Illinois and Iowa. Alan and the uh, squad do such a great job of covering all that, plus everything that's going on with football. Spring football is coming up here at the end of February. Uh, Tom's all over that kind of stuff and uh, so much more. Again, get yourself a subscription because it's absolutely fantastic, the stuff they do over there. Al, it's always a pleasure to talk with you on a Friday, my friend. Uh, go build a snowman, all right? All right, I'll, do, I'll put my best man out and have a great rest of the show, guys. <laughs> Take care, buddy. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll have more Boiler Basketball show for you when we return on 1017thehammer, 1017thehammer.com.
Welcome back. This is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalai. It's got Jeff Julik across the uh, console for me. We're back over to the Hammerhead hotline right now, and we're going to bring in the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, Mr. Nate Bear, who, by the way, Jeff, um, for, for those of you that aren't local here, uh, this guy has been participating. It's called Restaurant Week, right, Nate? You've been doing this thing, and because every, every time I go to social media, this poor guy's got to go out to another great restaurant and, and review it oh, and talk about how job. great he was at Mount Jacks the other day. I'm uh, like, oh, poor guy, man. Look at this. He's, he's got to go to another good restaurant here locally. He's such it's a team tough, player. It, it's tough work, guys, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> he's down at Arnie's in the loading dock and everything, too. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, this poor guy, man. He can't catch a break. Well, my wife, she seems puzzled why I haven't wanted dinner when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, you know, I'm just not hungry, dear. Oh, my <laughs> no, goodness. The, you know, the uh, owners of Mountain Jacks were so nice, but there were two ladies with me from the Greater Lafayette Commerce, and they would not let the three of us leave. Until we tried their Greater Lafayette Restaurant Week special deal on meatloaf, so they they cut us a beautiful ma. Uh, and I was now here's the thing, you know, you, it's like when you're at somebody else's house when you're growing up to sleep over on Friday night, and you know your parents tell you eat whatever's set in front of you. Well, I always have hated meatloaf my whole life because I, I just thought it was too ketchupy, and my aunt used big onions, and I just never liked it. So they set this uh, meatloaf in front of us. But they said, "Hey, it's like bacon wrapped, and it's and it's oh. barbecue, not ketchup based." Ooh. So we slice into that thing. I may become a meatloaf fan after all. This was way better than the kind you'd get growing up. It was terrific. He'll do he'll do anything for love. He just won't eat that. Uh-huh. That's what he'll do. Yeah. Well, what... you can't take one of the great restaurants, a great Lafayette restaurant. We can tell them you're not going to eat their meatloaf as you stand right there <laughs> in their dining room. That would be rude. Will Fair will be great. proud of you. Let me tell you. So I, I can personally sign off on this week's special, the meatloaf at Mountain Jack. There, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, Nate, <laughs> back to cooking yeah. time with Jared, Nate, and Jeff. There, so there right. we go. Yeah. Um, I hope you saved a slice. They probably needed to stay up late for that game last night. You come off that Illinois road win. Uh, everybody gets the beef house on the way back through. Happy, happy. So you go into Iowa and you think to yourself, all right, you know, we're going to get here. Take the over. Uh, there's going to be a lot of shots hit. And, well, Purdue uh, hit an awful lot of shots, especially from behind the arc in that one. Timely ones, too, Nate, from some, like I said, unlikely heroes, just because I'm I'm not usually asking Isaiah Thompson to score 18 points. That's why I make him unlikely in this category. But, boy, a double-digit road win in the Big Ten is something to celebrate. It is something to celebrate, and particularly against Iowa. Uh, it's not the easiest joint in the world to play in out there, and they uh, – have a knack for coming back on Purdue in the second half, which they did. Uh, but Purdue withstood it and got some performances. It's always great when you get some performances that are, you know, outside of the guys you tend to generally rely on to, to help you. And, you know, let's, you guys, we've talked about all season. I mean, when Purdue's knocking down the threes at that clip, uh, the Boilermakers are going to be in pretty good shape, even if they're struggling for the free throw line, where you worry more so are the games where the threes aren't falling. And you struggle with turnovers and and from the free throw line. So which that's happened as well. But when you you have a game where Purdue wins from field goal percentage, they win the three point percentage, and they they win the overall rebounding total. Uh, the Boilers are <clears throat> going to tend to be in pretty good shape. And fifteen turnovers is outstanding, but it's not twenty five. And uh, you, you got the feeling with a, with that Iowa team that. Uh, 
you know, Fran always has his team well prepared, but that was an Iowa team that if, if Purdue's weapons came to play, it's going to be tough sledding for the Hawkeyes, and, that, and that's how it played out. And they just a mark of great coaching. I mean, they obviously had trouble with the press when they came to Mackey, and we had we had all kind of turnovers. And then, you know, Matt and his staff studies that game tape and has his team. And he turns that into a huge strength for the Boilermakers last night. They scored on uh, several of those possessions where they broke the press, either got the uh, foul, the layup, or the uh, three-pointer. So just a great job by Matt and his staff of adjusting from that first uh, meeting. Well, that's well said, Jeff, because you're right. You know, when you trap, uh, you you know, if the other team can figure it out, you've left yourself vulnerable in other areas. You made a you know, you made a commitment. You bring that double on a guy, and and somebody's open. And so, if that person can find them, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to to, to score on a team like that. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Iowa. You thought going in, it'd be a little more. Uh, uh, nerve-wracking as uh, they get Murray back and off of the he didn't play here in Mackey and of course his brother's been playing well and so uh, they uh, <laughs> they they know how to friends figured it out a few times over the years on Matt particularly Purdue fans always remember <laughs> Rick Mount night and the 17th point leaves the Boilers hat <laughs> too soon <laughs> yeah too soon They're right it'll always be too soon uh, but th- but you learn from that, and and I was capable of doing that to you. So uh, I think uh, you know Newbert pointed out in his rap video. I thought well, that that's true. You could get get your bigs going early and and get the outside game going early. Uh, Purdue's going to be a, an awfully tough out. It, it is when Purdue is in those lower struggling battles, lower scoring battles, and can't get the bigs going early that it seems like you know. And, and which is, goes back to the Isaac Hosh years. You know, you just when you played through that post. Uh, so many things open up, and Purdue tends to not be as sharp when they come down and, and throw up a shot, uh, rather than at least moving that ball around a little bit and uh, shaking that defense out. Yeah, Nate, and then you mentioned about the in-game adjustments. How about Matt Painter making that adjustment? I mean, look, it's very disrespectful uh, in the uh, sense of the game to uh, just cut uh, McCaffrey loose, and as the uh, announcers pointed out on several times, not a threat to shoot the basketball. Um <laughs> I almost felt bad for the kid. They kept on bringing it up so dang much that he's playing this level. They're like, yeah, he's not going to be able to shoot the ball. Oh, Mason, look how smart Sasha was to uh, come off of McCaffrey because he knows he's not going to be able to shoot the ball. Like, I almost felt bad for him, but it was a good strategy, right? I mean, that was a great adjustment in game. Over over the years, Painter has been pretty vocal about, you know, if you're open all the time, there's a reason. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, they're they're, they're uh, going to they're gonna come for you if they think you can bury them. Yeah, you and know, uh, and he didn't he didn't do anything to dissuade that. Uh, but it was one way to combat uh, that small ball uh, that uh, Iowa was playing. And uh, yeah, it, I thought it worked out. That's a the kudos to Matt Painter and his staff for uh, uh, making that adjustment. Because if they don't and they keep on playing straight up, I don't, I don't know that Purdue wins that game. Well, and I was still you know. They're not somebody you want to run into in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, they're they're dangerous. They're still a dangerous team, and you know, Fran's been there a long time. He's he's got some wins behind him in that program, and uh, you know, they they're a dangerous bunch. So you know, certainly like everybody in the Big Ten these days, but not to be taken lightly. So you look at that uh, whole standings right now, Nate. I mean, you're going what two games from like Rutgers to the top. I mean, that's uh, your like top nine teams here are within two games of the top spot. Um, every win counts at this point here, but uh, how does this all end up shaking out? You think? Huh. Your guess is as good as mine, sir. Uh, it's going to be wild. Uh, I mean, but, 
This is this is Game of Thrones style, man. Anybody, yeah, any given you, night, well, anybody can lose this thing at any given moment. Yep. You know, as we as we talk today, you know, you like Purdue's position a lot better than you did a week ago. Uh, but uh, you got to beat Ohio State Sunday. You know, you've got to be ready for the week ahead. You get some, you see some things changing in the schedule uh, on into February, um, uh, where you have uh, some shakeups there from what, what how things were going to lay out. And Purdue, I think, will have what uh, you guys probably have it in front of you. I think the, both the eighth of February and the tenth are both nine p.m. tips. Is that right? Yep. Sounds about. Yep. So you know you, that's going to be. <laughs> A crazy week. Uh, you, you know, you're going to play. You're going to play at nine uh, at home on Tuesday night, and a very short break for another nine p.m. tip Thursday night in Ann Arbor. So, just you know, the Big Ten, you know, trying to make up for that lost Michigan game and other games of, you know, that they've had to move around. It's just, it's going to be a grind, and it's going to be so interesting uh, to see how it comes out. And I, I think. Most of us believe in our heart of hearts that the Boilers will be in the mix uh, down the stretch, and, and you know. But I think a lot of Purdue fans also recognize, however it shakes out, it's about getting Purdue to you know that one, two, or three line in the seating. And they just a uh, fantastic interview with Robbie Hummel with uh, Matt Painter post game Northwestern. What you think of uh, Matt's comment when he said, "You know, I'm just uh, happy to be the Purdue coach." Well, it's a genuine comment. That's who he really is, and he means it. And you know, people could say that, uh, oh, that's coach talk. No, it's not. Not with him. He's really glad to be here. And, uh, you know, he loves the program and he loves what it stands for. And, you know, he, you know, he's a, he's a guy that, uh, you know, really understands what was going on during the Katie era and then how he's been able to take that and modernize and instill his own philosophy and nuances on, on the foundation that Gene built here. And, uh, you know, Purdue as a brand, uh, in this country of college basketball fans, it stands for some things. And so that's special, and he realizes that. And they've been able to do it with a lot of integrity over the years and in a in an industry there that uh, is not always known for such integrity. And its fan bases remain loyal. And, uh, you know, Matt gets uh, quality people to play for him and quality coaches around him. And, and uh, it's just – it's special. I, I hope we – as fans uh, and followers of that program don't lose sight of it that, you know, you've had two coaches here in, in a 40-year uh, span and uh, 42 years now. And, and that, I mean, who else can say that in college basketball? You know, Michigan State has had, you know, a good run from Coach Heathcote on to Coach Izzo. But, I mean, what we have here uh, in Matt it is very special, and I think he appreciates it. And uh, it's nice to have a coach that isn't always looking at that next move, but says, you know what, I'm happy and I'm just glad to be here and a part of this university. Just call the Pittsburgh Steelers of uh, college basketball. You can go ahead and do that, Nate, right there. So, Well, that's, that's true. So you're telling me if, if for some reason maybe a, a rumor came out that uh, Matt Painter to Louisville, we should we should not buy into that? Is that what you're telling me there, Nate? That I mean. Well, not not saying that somebody would say that. Not, is he know, taking Coach Brown with him? Is that might might do that? It might be a package deal. I, I have sources. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a bad day for Mike Bobetsky. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those where you just you you look at the retirement fund and you go, you know what? Ah, oh, we can make it, honey, can't we? We can do it on these. Uh... Yeah, well, you know, you're you're talking about two two completely different fan bases in yeah. a lot of ways and. And, uh, you know, Louisville, I mean, it's one of those where is Louisville 
there's seven or eight programs that I don't care how happy a coach is. There's, there's seven or eight programs that if they pick up the cell phone and call you, you take their call. And, um, you know, even if you don't, I mean, you, you know, as happy as Matt was at Purdue, uh, when Missouri took a deep dive on him, he had to look at it. And, uh, and I, I don't think that's ever going to change in this day and age because, you know, you're, you're trying to take care of your family too. And, uh, things can always change no matter where you are. So you've got to at least listen. Uh, but I saw, shoot, a national beat writer. You guys may have seen on Twitter just listing, you know, eight or 10 names that they need to, to call and, and uh, didn't have Matt listed on there, which pleased me, uh, completely to not see uh, him listed on there. But I, I think Louisville certainly, uh, you can understand why they'd be interested. Of course, Dan Dockich had the line of the night yesterday with uh, telling the little Cardinals that uh, Kelvin Sampson is their man. They need to go with Kelvin. <laughs> yeah, and, good luck. And he said, hold your nose on all the other stuff. Just take old Kelvin. That's, that's a favor? Look, I, look, that's a favor to bring that up, I'm telling you, because you look at what they did with just Bruce Pearl, right? Number one team in the country. He's not going to leave Auburn. Uh, all of a sudden, they throw that name out there. This is the one that Louisville is going to go after. And what happened, Nate? He got himself a contract extension. <laughs> he got more money. So when they don't don't think they got buddies here in the media, don't well, think they I, don't throw that out there and then go back to the AD and go, hey, you know, a lot of interest in me all of a yeah, sudden. True. They do in, it. In the business world, you frequently, all you do when you do that is you're getting the, the person a raise right where they're at. See, that's why when Ruth Chris picks up the phone here and talks about restaurant videos, you know, Nate's going to go back and be like, hey, let's go. Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. We'll tie a little bow on this interview just with that. Nate, it's always a pleasure talking hoops with you, my friend. Guys, this is the Pittsburgh Pirates of radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely doing it on the cheap, my friend. We're definitely doing it on the cheap. See ya. Take care, buddy. Uh, get that guy out of here. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll look at the Big Ten in the upcoming week, the rankings, and uh, we'll see uh, what we can garner from that. That's coming up next. We'll wrap up the Boiler Basketball Show here on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 TheHammer.com. Boiler Basketball Show continues on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 TheHammer.com. Jared, Jess Elitis, and Jeff Julik. That Nate Barrett, man. Character. He is. Character, tell you what. But uh, glad to have him and Alan on and uh, I always love doing this on a Friday. It's a great way to wrap up the Friday, spending a whole hour talking Boilermaker hoops. Yeah, I feel like we barely even touched on that Illinois win, which is just as big as that road win uh, at uh, Iowa, I think. But uh, to get the win uh, with Illinois and stuff, too, oh, boy, that was big, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. They've had, uh, you know, t- and when you look at Purdue's schedule, they've had five road games, and uh, you know, they're, they're four and one on the road, or three and two on the road, and they've had some big road wins, and that was a big one. So Am I losing, well, I'm losing my mind. That was like last week. It was a week ago, but that's okay. That? We can talk about it again because it was a lot of fun. It was, yeah. Northwestern's what I'm thinking. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah, you get the Northwestern home. So it, we're getting into February, man. It's all starting to run together here. It's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah, it's Overnight. all starting to come together like that. I'm just trying to get to my vacation in March here. All right, Me so let's too, take a, tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> let's take a look at uh, what the uh, Big Ten looks like as a whole. Uh, Wisconsin with their win over Nebraska. Who, again, I like Wisconsin down the stretch here, uh, Jeff, because um, I think uh, you know, Johnny's good. Um, you look at what they have left on the schedule. Uh, they got the win against Nebraska yesterday. They still have two against Minnesota. Uh, they have uh, Penn State on there. They've got two against Rutgers. They still got another Nebraska game here, um, and uh, just what one top ten team left, or two top ten teams left: Michigan State and uh, Purdue. I, I like what they have left here. 
so it's kind of hard for me to not want to put them as one of the top favorites here in the Big Ten. They're already sitting up there at 7-2. and two. Schedule's not overly tough down the stretch. Probably the easiest out of the uh, top four or five teams and what they have left. I, I like Wisconsin. Yeah, and I think you have to. And you, and you also got to take a look at Ohio State simply because they only play Illinois, Purdue, and Michigan State once. And so those are uh, three top teams that they get uh, one time, and they've already played Wisconsin twice. So, you know, this game Sunday is a big, big game for the Big Ten standings because if the Boilermakers can uh, give them a loss, I think that might be very valuable to their cause uh, as they head down the They're going to need to, yeah. Um, and Illinois, like I said, sitting at 7-2. Things have changed with them now they got Curbelo, and uh, once they really figure out how to put that all together, they're going to be very dangerous down the stretch. You know, Michigan State, 6-2. and two. The wins aren't that that impressive, though. They got one good win out of those six. Uh, but, you know, that's the that's the schedule. I'm not counting out Izzo. You know I don't count out Izzo, especially when we get into February. So uh, at 6-2 and two is dangerous. Jeff mentioned Ohio State at 6-2. and two. Purdue is at 6-3, and three, just one game behind. You got Indiana at 6-4. and four. Everybody's patting themselves on the back after shooting the lights out against Penn State. Um, Michigan, but, go but ahead. They, they have to go on the road, and that's uh, that's been... That has not been good for IU to uh, play road games. No, Michigan is starting to heat up. They're at four and three. They're just two games back. Rutgers two games back at five and four. Iowa uh, four and five. A team you don't want to play, but I kind of have to write them off now when it comes to uh, you know getting a, being a contender in the top spot. Maryland and Penn State at three and six. Minnesota two and six. Northwestern two and seven. Nebraska they got a big old zero in that win column. Oh, they're looking nine. for that first victory. Yeah, that's not going well for them. So let's go ahead and uh, take a look at the schedule for this week and uh, what we got when it comes to uh, Big Ten matchups. Uh, there is uh, no Big Ten basketball today, buddy. That's sad. That really is. I like Big Ten basketball. Uh, it is fun. It's uh, it's enjoyable. We like to watch it. Uh, but Saturday's got an action-packed lineup here. Michigan's at Michigan State will be a dandy at 1230. Indiana at Maryland is something that'll happen at 2.30. Uh, the Illini travel to Northwestern at 4.30. And then Rutgers at Nebraska. No better way to top off your Saturday <laughs> evening with Rutgers at Nebraska. Yuck. <laughs> no. Let's go to Sunday where it's much better. Ohio State at Purdue. Noon. You're going to get that? It's going to go right into all your championship football, buddy. That's oh. a perfect lineup. I oh. love it. Incredible. And we owe the Buckeyes. You know, they got uh, they beat us in the uh, Big Ten tournament last year. So uh, after we won the two regular season games, so we need to get uh, back and get a victory over Ohio State and, uh, and continue our climb in the Big Ten standings. You got Minnesota. We'll go up to the Kohl Center and take on Wisconsin at 1 o'clock. Monday, just one matchup, Iowa. We'll head out to Penn State at the Bryce Jordan Center. And is this Penn State season going to go by the wayside? Is it done? Is it stick a fork in them time? No, I don't think so because of Micah Struber. I don't think he'll let that happen. But, uh, you know, they they uh, they came in, you know, shooting the ball really well against IU and played really bad the other night. So I look for them to rebound and, and give Iowa a game. Tuesday, we got a three-pack Michigan State at Maryland, Rutgers at Northwestern, and then Nebraska Heads to Michigan. Seems like some easy money line parlays there for you, buddy. It sure does. <laughs> Wednesday, we get Mich- or Purdue goes to Minnesota. Uh, you know, Golden Gophers not looking too strong, but let's face it. Is there ever a Purdue fan that feels good about going to the barn? 
Absolutely not. I mean, same thing when you go up there to play football. It seems like it's always a challenge. And, uh, you know, but this Minnesota team is, is not one of their better teams. I think the, the Boilermakers should be able to uh, flex their muscle and have another double-digit road win. Big game at 9 o'clock that night. Wisconsin at Illinois will be good. And then Thursday it all wraps up with Iowa at Ohio State. So some very good matchups here this week uh, in terms of Big Ten play. Tell you what, Jeff, we had too much fun. We're already out of time, buddy. Uh, hey, who you got in the Super Bowl? Um, I need your picks. I, I'll just go ahead and give me the Rams and the Chiefs. Let's Rams just go and Rams Chiefs. and the Chiefs. I'm going right, to go. I'm going to go Bengals and uh, the Bengals and the 49ers. Okay, all right. Just despite me, way to go. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us here on the Boiler Basketball Show. Big thanks to Nate Barrett. Big thanks to Alan Carpick for being on. A big thank you for you for listening to the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer.com.